Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Bienvenidos, señores y señores, to another episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast. This episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. The last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling. College basketball is ready to go as well. Bet Online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for your wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use your promo code BELIEVE. B-E-B-L-E-A-V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Ben Online, where the game starts. Bienvenidos, Sangrones, and we got Nando's on the line already. Simeon, Simeon's at Chick-fil-A. Way to go. So we're going to wrap up the winter meetings. Joining us on the show is, you guys love him, so that's why we got to have him on the show Cody Snavely, Canelo. For those of you guys who are new to the to to the show, one of the things that you have to realize about this show is um, because we're Mexican, we love to give everybody nicknames. We we love apodos. So the reason why we call Cody Canelo is because of his resemblance to the fighter Canelo. So Babyface has a nickname. Uh, so La Reina de Playa Larga, La Princesa de Picolandia. We're very big on nicknames here on the Bleed Lows podcast. And uh, the ghost of Al Davis, Mr. Rainer Philip Lopez, bienvenido, my friend. So you guys know the rule. Uh, since we're going to be wrapping up the winter meetings, we're going to have fun on this show. So last time we were talking about maybe getting a tequila sponsor. Uh, so I hope you guys brought your tequila. You guys know the rule. Anytime we mention Otani, you drink. Okay. Dennis Gonzalez, bienvenido, my friend. Oh, Efren is on the line. What's up, Efren? Oh, e Efren, we need you to chime in because I know you got all the dirt with what happened there in the winter meetings. So uh, I got some questions, but obviously I want to start off with this. Um, everybody lost their mind with the Dave Roberts thing. So what Dave Roberts said was, you know, he admitted that the Dodgers had a meeting with Shohei Otani. And obviously... That was the wrong thing to do because all shit broke loose after uh, Dave Roberts said that. So, obviously, I want to start off with that, guys. I want to hear your guys' takes. 
Dave Roberts was interviewed by a friend of the Carnesada, Dave Assay, on his show. Roberts was a little surprised at what the reaction was. I want to go ahead and get those takes. but uh, And look, uh, Babyface is here also, so I, I want to give a shout-out to Babyface. But let's start with Canelo. Canelo, your reaction to um, Dave Roberts uh, allegedly just blowing everything up? Yeah, you know, when it once he said it, literally my phone just kept going off. Um, pretty much every beat reporter, not even just for the Dodgers, anyone that was covering the MLB, pretty much this was the first time any team has officially put a statement out saying that they have talked to Shohei Otani. And it got a lot of flack. There was a lot of people defending him. Um, and he went on David Vache's uh, show, I believe, last night as well to kind of double down on his take. Um, and yeah, I think a lot of people are fed up um, with how slow the winter meetings were going and pretty much ended um, and how the offseason's been. And I kind of see Dave as an unsung hero. I'm on that that trailblazer because he pretty much got the winter meetings talked about. Um, everybody pretty much was talking about either the Dodgers, Shoei, and, and uh, Dave Roberts. So um, good for Dave for speaking about it. You know, I don't personally think it was a really big leak because – you know, I've, I've, I'm kind of going with Dave's sentiment on it. You know, he said the meeting itself didn't get leaked. Nothing about it got leaked. Nothing about the conversation got leaked. It was just him saying, hey, it was going to get out eventually anyway, but we met down with Otani, and then there's that. Uh, Babyface, how pissed are you at, at Dave Roberts? Is Dave Roberts on, on your shit list? No, I mean, I, I agree with what Cody said. Um, when you think about it, like, was it a leak, right? We've been hearing – couple of days ago, right, that the Blue Jays met, that they flew to Florida and they met, and that kind of leaked on, I think, on Monday, right? And then there was some stuff in the weekend, too, that he went to San Francisco that kind of leaked and that he met with, like, Posey and Melvin. So that, I consider that a leak. This is straight from the source, right, from Dave Roberts. I mean, I think today we heard that he was there, I think, over the weekend as well or last Friday. So that never leaked until, like, this stuff came out. So I don't really consider it a leak. Um, but, I mean, everybody knew that, these teams are meeting with Shohei Otani, right? So it's like, he just gave us the info. Like, yeah, we actually spoke to him. Yeah. Uh, to me, um, here's my hot take. Okay. We're going to start off with the Stephen A. Smith hot take. Um, I think they're throwing Dave Roberts under the bus. Uh, for them, I'm not a fan of the way Andrew Friedman and Gomes reacted for them to sit there and say, we don't talk about it. And for them to, to say that they were surprised that Dave did that. I, I really felt like they let Dave Roberts out to dry and they're setting him up that if Otani, if Otani doesn't sign with the Dodgers, whether this is fair or not, the narrative has already been established that this is Dave Roberts' fault. Everyone is going to blame Dave Roberts for this. Now, People already blame Dave, all the humanoids out there, all the ham and eggers, they all blame Dave Roberts for the Dodgers not winning the World Series. So when Otani announces that he signs with another team, well, it's because Dave Roberts opened his mouth up. I I think they're setting they're they're setting him up to be the scapegoat. And I, I think it, it 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 I think it's really shitty that the fact that nobody had his back for them to sit there and say, Oh, we had a good talk with him. I think that's fucked up. I, I, I really, I am, I shouldn't say that I'm surprised that no one came from the organization. I'm talking about the organization. Nobody came 
to his defense. And um, that to me was just like, because you guys are right. What did he say that was so damaging? Everybody knew the Dodgers had it. Every reporter was reporting the Dodgers were in on it. And we all, especially on this show, we give the Dodgers front office a lot of shit because they are not forthcoming. And what does Dave Roberts say? I'm not going to lie to you guys. I, I mean, I appreciate his honesty. I'm just, I, I think my hot take is they are setting him up to be the fall guy. And maybe they did that because they know something. They know maybe Otani's not coming. Go ahead, baby. And real quick before I drop off, and, and Jason has joined us. If, you've, if you're on the live, you see him with us. What did we discuss earlier a couple months back? Like we were talking about, why aren't these guys telling us what's going on, right? Like Dave Roberts would tell us, hey, this guy, yeah, he's fine. He's when he was clearly hurt, right? And so they, they weren't being forthcoming, like you said. And even in the, in the in the end of the year pressers, right? So we finally got truth from Dave Roberts, right? And he's getting crapped on. Exactly. But, and look, look who's joining us on the live, my friends. We haven't seen him in a while. We love the Boatman. He is the president of the Noah Syndergaard fan club. <laughs> Boatman, uh, I know you're feeling good because the Lakers are going to be in Vegas, but... How are you, my friend? And I want to hear your talks. Is Dave Roberts on top of your shit list? Man, e even your face was red when I came in here. I, I was like, what is going What did you guys do to Juan? It it's oh. red because I think I'm drinking too much tequila. <laughs> man, oh, man. Came in the right time. Everybody, hey, Cody, hey, Juan. You know, um, did I scare Roger away? Well, who cares? Well, we'll get him back in the bit. But, you know. <laughs> So, so what was the question again? Get me going. So we were talking about the fact that Dave Rob, because Dave Roberts admitted that there, the Dodgers had a meeting with Shohei Otani and he thought the meeting went pretty well. I, I don't know if you saw all the shit that he was yeah. getting on social media, uh, Boatman, but if the Dodgers don't sign Otani, is Dave Roberts to blame? Would you hold him accountable for this? No, that's dumb. Look, I, I don't understand why it, it how that's going to jeopardize anything. Did anyone not think the Dodgers were going to talk to him? <laughs> Did anyone not think he was going to visit? I mean, to me, it, it he stated the obvious. Um, it, it was it was really pretty obvious what he talked about, and then everyone comes at Dave Roberts. I I I, I don't know if I'm missing something. Um, if I'm not understanding something, but I don't see how that would jeopardize uh, any conversations and why that would um, do they think that's going to give some kind of an upper hand to one of the other teams. And I, I don't I just don't see that. I, I, I caught the tail end of what you were talking about, and I'm going to agree with what I heard. Uh, I think it was pretty crappy that, you know, no one came to his defense. Um, you know, I, I don't understand if anything. I felt like one of the GMs, um, I forget the assist, um, I forget his name right now. I'm, I'm, Brandon Gomes. There you go. He, you know, uh, he, 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 his response was was interesting. He kind of left him Didn't up. Didn't it seem uh, like they went out of their yeah, way yeah, to yeah. be like, to, to distance themselves from that comment? It absolutely did. It did sound that way. Um, and I was, I was kind of taken aback by that. So I agree with you. I don't think this jeopardizes anything. Um, people are just really having too much fun with it to the point to now to where people are taking them serious that that this you know could have jeopardized something i, I don't buy it i just don't let, let, let's go to the comments here on the live uh oscar says this if they don't sign him and otani says it's because of roberts should he get fired canelo this is what i was hinting at i think they're laying the groundwork maybe this is their way this is a hot take but maybe this is their they're setting up Roberts being on the hot seat because again, I can't stress enough to you guys. 
he's got one more year after this year. He's going to go, he's going to be a lame duck manager going into 2025. So if things go left for the Dodgers in 2024, or if they we get another repeat performance where they get eliminated in the playoffs, is this reason to fire him, Canelo, if Otani doesn't sign? I mean, it really just depends on, because what was confusing about it is that I, I, I mentioned that he went on David Vasse's show and pretty much doubled down on the comments. You think if he slipped up in the first comments at the winter meetings and then continuously talked about it, you would think that the front office would have been like, hey, don't mention it again. If someone asks you, be like, mm-hmm. yes, I said it, but you know, like I don't want to get into any more details. But no, he still had conversations about it. At the end of the day, it's Otani's decision to come here or not. And I'm agreeing with most of what people have been saying is that he pretty much knows where he wants to go and he's using these other teams as leverage, whether he wants to come to the Dodgers or the Blue Jays or the Giants or going back to the Angels. It's all in his court. It's the game he's playing. He's just trying to get, we talked about it last live. I said, he's probably just trying to get more guaranteed money rather than the incentives that we all know he's probably going to get thrown into his contract. But to say this is why Dave Roberts would get fired. If Otani's, if Otani would get that upset that Roberts just confirmed that they at least met and didn't want to sign here, then I would say that's more of a Shohei Otani problem um, rather than a Dave Roberts problem. And, you know, a lot of people, a lot of beat writers kind of said the same thing. I mentioned it, you know, I, I, I applaud Dave Roberts for even mentioning anything about this because the entire winter meetings were pretty much dead until we just got the Juan Soto trade not that long ago. But um, I don't think he'll, he'll get fired for it. But you mentioned, you know, he's getting close to the end of his contract and the Dodgers are on back-to-back years where they're, First round exits, only one playoff win in those two years. Um, he's definitely on the hot seat, but so is Andrew Freeman. Um, you, you know, uh, first of all, I want to say hi to some of our regulars here. Well, Roy Estrada, go blue. Good evening, good people. Juan Ramos, saludos desde 805 Ventura County. Um, Lewis Rasky, you bring up a very interesting point. And Lu- here's Lewis. If Otani were to say that, then I don't want him on the Dodgers. Boatman. Did we just get a preview of what life with Otani is going to be where Otani is now dictating terms and you, everybody's walking on glass ar- around Otani? Because, and first of all, all of this is speculation. We don't know that any of this is true. And that's what initially started this, right? And that was, I don't know who was the reporter who initially saw, who was the first one that saw Dave Roberts look at his phone and get serious, right? Because that's where, that's where it all started, right? All of us, someone reports that. And of course, from there, from that point on, the cheese started that, oh man, están regañando Dave Roberts. Uh, Dave Roberts just really stepped into it, right? But and now I'm starting to think like, was this a narrative created? But the fact that, that the, again, the front office really didn't go to back him up, I think, uh, very quickly. But back to my question, Boatman, are you prepared? Motani is a great player. He, he does everything. Are you prepared to live with everything else that comes with Otani, which is this is, uh, you know, this is how I run the show. You guys need to do things my way. I, I don't I don't know if that's exactly what's going to happen. I don't know if if Otani is, you know, what was 
what was his story with the Angels? I mean, the Angels obviously liked the guy. It, it seemed like he was a team player. I don't think they had any issues of him being a prima donna, anything, any stories that came out. So I think we're going to be okay there. I, I think, you know, and it, this goes to a larger conversation I've had with other folks about Japanese players and um, even Korean players and players from Asia is the language. And as and and I'm going to get into the business side, and I might take some heat for it, but into the business side of sports, and it, it's always going to be hard, I think, for the Dodgers unless they win multiple World Series to make their investment back back um, on a guy like Shohei Otani because I don't think he will ever be the face of baseball. And the problem with that is it's the one sport where you have these tremendous athletes who sometimes don't speak the language. And unless he learns English and speaks it really, really well in front of the cameras where we have him and we're listening to him, um, it's going to be a little bit difficult to make him a household face. I've always seen that with players and um, that don't that don't make that additional effort. I, um, and so I know it goes into a different different realm, but I think when I see that and you're going to invest five hundred million dollars. You know, it's you're not. It's not Mike Trout. It's not fill in the blank. It's not Manny Ramirez. It's not a lot of these guys. You know, it's um, it's different. So I'm, I'm on. I like the idea of Otani in a Dodger uniform. I wouldn't be completely disappointed to be honest with you. I think we can do just as well with a with that same amount of money. I don't know if we're going to ever see that investment bank back. Um, I, I I'm I'm a little weary. Um, but anyway, that's that's kind of my take on that. So having said that, is I don't see the prima donna. I don't see that. I think he's going to be a, a great player quiet guy um, for better or worse. And in some cases, because he's quiet, he's going to fall under the radar and it's a little bit harder to sell. I mean, let's call it what it is. We live in a country that loves sensationalism. You know, we like a guy that's going to go on Twitter every once in a while and say some things um, as long as they don't cross a certain line. I mean, it's, it's weird, right? It's just really weird when you think about packaging people. So anyhow, that, that's kind of my take on, do I think he's going to be a problem for them? I don't think it's going to be a problem at all. I think it might just get boring in about three years, to be honest with you. You know, uh, so Dark Saints is pushing back, saying that Otani's been the face of baseball for two years. No, he hasn't. And in every okay, Bo man, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you come in on that because here's here's the thing, right? Um, everybody tells us that he pays for himself because of all the sponsorship come, money that comes from the rest of the world. Now, in a sense, on a national level, and I've heard this from beat writers who have told me. That when they write articles, the only thing they can talk about nationally is Otani. So if Otani is the only national story in Major League Baseball, does that not make him the face of Major League Baseball? You say no. What say you, Boatman? And then I'm going to go to Canelo. <laughs> You're asking me first again? I, I, I think he's exciting right now. I think he'll be exciting for a couple of more years. But then after that, we're going to get used to the norm. It's exciting because, like someone called him, he's he's a superhuman. He's not even human, right? He's a guy that can pitch and he can hit and all that. And, and I get that. But I think we're going to get over that. Um, it, there's nothing worse than being an angel. I mean, quite frankly, I mean, that is the abyss of, of branding and marketing. And so that's why the guy has to get out of there. I mean, it'd be a huge mistake for him to, for him to resign, resign there with them. I can see the Giants and the Dodgers working out for him. I think it'll do well. Maybe I'm exaggerating in, in fact that they, in, that they won't see their investment. I just don't see a 10-year contract. I, I really think in three or four years from now, he's old news. Look, we have a very short attention span in this country, for better or worse. I mean, you can do some crazy stuff. I mean, look about Trevor Bauer, all ready to forgive him. We were, we were all on him uh, a year and a half ago. Forgot about it. I guarantee you in about six months from now, we'll forget about what Odias did. 
That's just the way the world works. So for better or worse, we have a very short-term memory in this country. And I think he'll become boring in about two to three years. I don't think he's relevant in five years from now, much less in eight or nine. He will be the Albert Pujols of the Dodgers <laughs> if they don't win. And I keep saying this. He's almost on the wrong side of 30. I believe he turns 30 when the season starts, if I'm not incorrect, or around the springtime. Yeah. On the wrong side. He ha- the Dodgers have about a wind of four or five decent years with him. And if they don't win, it's, it's, it's a sham the rest of the way because then he just becomes a mediocre to decent player, I mean, unless he's LeBron. That's, but that's far, far and few between. Man, this is why I love having the boatman on the show, because all you guys sit here and say that I am the Prince of Darkness. And I, the boatman comes in here and he makes me look like I'm Mary Poppins, man. I, I just like I, the boatman comes in here with his strong takes. Canelo. Now let the sharks go. Canelo, um, before I go to you and I, I, I want to hear your take on this face of baseball uh, conversation. I, I see some people here on the chat. Um, Roy Estrada, Juan, my fifth bottle of tequila after all the Otani bombs you dropped. <laughs> Let me tell you something, my friend. This is a bottle that I, I love. For those of you, Tequila Ocho is uh, it's a reasonably priced tequila, and I think it's really good. Yeah, you can go for the other pricier, more showy stuff. But if you ever come across this bottle, Tequila Ocho, try it. I, I I recommend it. If you don't like it, hit me up and tell me you're you're full of crap, Juan. But this is what we do on the lives because it's probably tequila. Canelo, what what say you? Is does does, does the boatman have a point? I mean, is is Otani the face of baseball by default, or is he just full of crap over here? The the boatman. I don't want to be that guy, but I mean, <laughs> I do think the way the sport is right now, at least since he won MVP in 21, I think these past two, three years, he has been the face of the sport. And that's just because baseball has been pushing it. Um, we looked at the WBC this year was a great example is that that was the most watched game between the U.S. and and, and Japan. And here comes Otani. Not only is he hitting in this series, but he comes in, closes the door, shuts it out against probably America's, uh, before all his injuries, best baseball player in Mike Trout. And for a long time, you could have argued that it was Mike Trout that was the face of baseball. And I think what puts baseball at a disadvantage is that a lot of the faces of baseball are a lot of these good players are antisocial or they just want to be, they want to keep to themselves. And Otani pretty much has definitely shown that compared for all the stuff that's been rumored about. He doesn't want meetings leaking. He doesn't want pretty much anything. All this stuff when he won his MVP award this year, you know, he canceled his uh, the after award show or whatever, and that didn't answer any questions. Uh, and the dog was nowhere to be found. So, but other than that, I think it's 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 a no brainer that the Dodger. I don't think it's as simple as saying the Dodgers won't make back their investment because I, I bring up the Keith Law article on the Athletic where it, it was reported that before he even stepped foot on the field that he made the angels around 70 to hundred million just in advertisements. And then the downside of that is that once he got hurt for the angels and didn't pitch, and then he, he uh, pulled his oblique and was out for the rest of the year, the angels pretty much had all those sponsorship pulled because where a lot of these guys are watching games is they're getting pretty much that entire Japanese market. And they're all watching these angel games but if he's not playing or if he's not doing both things, it's harder for the Dodgers 
or even the Angels or whatever team he goes to to get back that investment, unless, like you said, they're winning multiple World Series. But um, I definitely think right now he is the face of baseball. I definitely think the MLB wants to keep pushing him. And I really think a good spot would just be the Dodgers. I mean, we already took our shots at the Angels, but that is pretty much the abyss of baseball. You know, they're, they've been the most dysfunctional <laughs> franchise probably in the last 10 years to have arguably two of the greatest players of all time on your team at the same time and not even make the playoffs with them and only make it once in the past, I believe, 15 years. Uh, and once again, I have to give a big thank you to to, to the boat man because the last few weeks we have become the villains of uh, of podcasts in the Dodger universe. So I'm pretty sure once uh, once the haters see that clip, we're 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 we're, we're going to get a lot of grief, and and, and it's good. I I, I love it. Um, uh, I want to switch gears real quick, and uh, one of our listeners sent me this question. And uh, so I want to give him, I want to shout him out, Bob Harvey uh, from Harvey Sports. He wanted me to make sure we discuss this topic. And that is for the second year in a row, there is very little action in the winter meetings. Do we need them anymore? Uh, He also has some questions about why Gavin Lux isn't getting more respect. uh, And is he getting traded in the deal for Adamas? Um, Bob, first of all, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for sending in that question. I, I think we want to gear this question up to you, uh, Boatman, because you come from the basketball world. For those of you who are new and don't know, the Boatman is the PA announcer for the South Bay Lakers. So uh, he's our NBA guy. And we were having this conversation off air, Boatman. It seems like the offseason, especially like in the NBA, the minute you can sign a free agent at like 901, everybody's already signed all the deals start coming you know they're being reported obviously tampering is not real in the nba but the winter meetings these last two years i i have to ask you like why is there such a difference why is the nba so quick to announce signings and is Major League Baseball trying to make the winter me- meetings more kind of like the NBA's offseason? Because I don't think anything compares to the NBA's offseason. No, the NBA's offseason has, has become extremely exciting. I think baseball has always owned the trade deadline, right? The trade deadline during the season. And that's because, although that's beginning... I think that's going to start to wither away. The reason why, and I'll answer, go back to your original question, but I think the trade deadline has always been the most exciting uh, for baseball because of the limited number of teams that make the playoffs. So more teams are willing to make those trades. And I think as we continue to expand the playoffs, which is why in basketball, it's not as exciting. 16 teams make the playoffs. Very few teams are making any trades. Really, it's not as exciting. Baseball starting to starting to get that way now as more and more teams are expanded into the playoffs. Less teams are making big deals because they're, they've got a chance to make the playoffs now, right? So that's hampering that. That may be why we're seeing the shift maybe over now to the offseason and making the offseason a, a little bit. They're trying to make it more like the NBA. You're right. The, the winter meetings now are it's almost just a formality. You're not really seeing a lot happening. Um, there's a lot of hesitancy in these trades and in making moves and signings. I think the, the Scott Borses of the world have always loved to really stretch this thing out as far as they can into February or into spring training if they can. Um, the other thing, too, I'll say this. I think the major difference between baseball and basketball when it comes to a lot of things, but this is one of them, it's the culture. 
And I think the culture of basketball and the guys that put on the uniform is they have taken control. They, as in the NBA players, have really taken control over their own lives over the last few years. You see them have a much more say. I think it's easier to be a basketball agent than it is in baseball because I think the players are really the ones dictating everything. And you're seeing that. And they're making their own moves. They're creating super teams behind the scenes, as we've been seeing that now for the last decade. So things move very quickly because they want to make it move quickly. I think in baseball, it's very different for whatever reason. It's a different culture. It's a little bit more lackadaisical. They let the agents kind of do the time. They just sit there and negotiate for the longest time. And I think in basketball, they're just ready to make moves um, very, very quickly. I can't explain why other than I think it's the personalities, I think, are a little bit different in basketball than in other sports. And I think NBA players are a lot more vocal and a lot more involved about where they want to go, that as soon as that's, that season ends, boom, 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 you start to see all these things happen, the pieces come together. I, and that's the only thing I, I can say, not, not from an inside perspective, just from an outsider looking in. Canelo, I've seen a lot of uh, pieces being written, one in particular by Buster only um, about really talking about how Shohei Otani, because he is so secretive about this, that it's kind of ruined the winter meetings. And I, it leads me into a whole bunch of other questions that I have, but I, I have to ask you in terms of, of the winter meetings, was this really what it was intended to be like, or has somehow the narrative changed and we're making out the winter meetings to be something it's not like, when has there ever been so many like trades made or deals made in the winter meetings? It seems like we're going to a trend where lately nothing's happening. Yeah, you know, the the goal of the winter meetings is similar to the, the GM meetings that happened in November. You know, it, it's a chance to get all 30 teams personnel together in one place to talk things out. Um, obviously, we want to get rumors pretty much going everywhere, but every so often when we have big free agents, you know, especially Otani not wanting things to get out, they're going to get played more things close to the chest. You know, it's a lot similar to the 2019 off season, which that one had two premier free agents with Manny Machado and Bryce Harper. And that one dragged all the way down until Harper, not even signing until I believe February. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think it's going to be that way with Otani. Um, but yeah, I mean, for these beat reporters, the media, the journalists, obviously they're going to complain. And I understand it because it's their job to write information on stuff they're hearing. But when everybody's not pretty much not telling like the media what they're doing, they don't have much to write about. They just have stuff to speculate about. The winter meetings, they're really just like I said, it's just for teams to get to, together and talk shop and then put together potential trade packages. If they can come together quickly on a deal, which something sometimes that does happen. Sometimes they start throwing around player A, player B. Other teams start throwing around player CD, you know, all the way down the alphabet, and then they can come together and maybe potentially make a blockbuster trade. Um, I think the MLB really wants to push it that way because, you know, like Jason said, the MLB free agency is probably the most boring in all of the sports, you know, like the NBA, the NFL, as soon as the offseason kicks off, these guys know where they want to sign. Their agents get it done. The players get it done. In baseball, for whatever reason, it's just different. Um and I don't really think there's a clear-cut answer to fix it because it, it's just a culture thing for baseball. I just feel like that's how it's been. I don't really expect it to change anytime soon. I, I want to follow up, uh, Canelo. I want to get your take on this. Uh, Justin Turner 
Uh, I don't know if you guys saw his tweet. I think this was maybe from a, a day ago or something like that. I thought it was very interesting. Uh, here's Justin Turner's tweet. When reporters know that he said leaked information will impact his decision, still report unsourced leaked information. Isn't that reporters tampering with free agency or are they just doing their job? I find this very interesting that Justin Turner decided to make that public because I think one of the things that has become very obvious during this winter meetings is the information that we're getting, we're getting it because teams want this information out there. Okay. This is the way it works. People team will call up a reporter, a certain reporter who works for ESPN or whatever MLB network and gives them this piece of information. And in return, they're going to spread that information because that team wants that information out there. So I, I kind of sense Justin Turner's frustration there where these guys can tweet, report, speculate everything, and there's no consequences to it. And this is why I said I hate this time of year because we get Shohei Otani is going to sign by the end of the winter meetings. Now we're getting Shohei Otani is going to make a decision by the end of the weekend. What is it? Because now it's become we have to create content as opposed to reporting the facts. Am I off base on this, Canelo? No, I mean, it's not even just the, the journalists or the media members' frustration. It's also these other free agents out there, including Justin Turner, where these B-tier free agents can't get their market set until the the big guys sign. And Otani, I mean, love him or hate him, but right now he's currently holding up the market for all these other teams. Like, even Andrew Freeman himself said today, you know, he was like, you know, we kind of got a lot of clarity on the trade market, free agent market, but until these guys sign, we really can't go forward with any other plan because as soon as Isay Otani goes to some other team, the Dodgers have to pivot and go to their backup plan, and that's not going to be the same as their plan A if it's for Otani. Um, and then Justin Turner, you know, he's a free agent out there that's looking, you know, Otani's a DH. Justin Turner has been profiled more as a DH at this point age in his career and, and i can understand the frustration there and you know dave roberts you know he says something that was it was a pretty professional scene to say that they had a meeting and yeah. you saw how much hate and that he got from pretty much everybody around like dodger fans baseball fans it, he was pretty much the butt end of a joke for almost 24 hours and you know no one's coming to defend dave roberts not even you know you mentioned his own bosses Absolutely. Uh, a boatman. I mean, what does Justin Turner have a point here? I, I mean, the fact it is it disingenuous for Buster only to come out here and tweet that Shohei Otani is ruining the offseason because he's not pulling a LeBron because he's not making a decision because he's not hosting a show or because he's not negotiating in public. I mean, is it does it? So basically, these guys are complaining. You're not giving me anything to write about. Therefore, you're ruining the sport. Yeah, no, like it, it, it's 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 ridiculous. I mean, it's uh, these guys don't have any responsibility other than to themselves. I mean, Otani's job right now is to look after Otani. Period. To get the best deal possible in the best place possible. And, and look again, going back to we I mentioned earlier, cultures. You know, I'm I'm sure it's, this is very different, right? We're negotiating with a Japanese player 
who I'm going to guess, just by judging by from what I've seen and how he's interacted uh, in the last few years in the MLB, you know, he's going to take his time. I'm not surprised. He's probably a very methodical person. He's not out for attention. He's not. He doesn't care about your attention. <laughs> he doesn't care whether you're ex- getting excited or not, or whether all this media stuff is happening. He doesn't care. He. I, I'm. I'm going to guess that this is a guy. I read something that said that he wants to play somewhere at a stadium where he's comfortable. He's probably. It's probably true. Knowing the guy, he's probably. Hey, I want to play somewhere I like, somewhere I enjoy it, somewhere a, a place I want to actually live. I'm sure he's thinking about whether he enjoyed his time in Southern California enough to say, yeah, I'll just go down the freeway and I'll stay in L.A. Or maybe not. I didn't love it here. I'm open to going to Toronto or San Francisco or whoever else is going after the guy. So I think he's looking after himself, which he should. I mean, all of us would be. And so for Buster, Buster only to uh, be making comments like that, I, I again, it's I think it's Buster Olney's attempt to make the news himself. Uh, in a in a funny way, even he doesn't believe the tweet that he tweeted. If that makes any sense, I just really think it's a way for him to get, poke the bear a little bit and get people excited because there's really nothing else going on. Um, but no, I, I don't I don't blame the guy. I, you know, they, we've seen this before though, so it's a bizarre tweet because we've seen players stretch this thing out all the way into spring training at some time. So, but we live in a world of immediacy. We we just can't wait anymore, and I think the NBA has ruined that, right? Because as soon as the finals end, all the chips begin to fall. But that's never really been baseball, anyway. I mean, we're we're into this thing past Christmas, so I I don't understand that. And part of this big news there. All, all of a sudden, I thought there was something wrong with my headset. Uh, baby face, Mokes, I almost had a stroke. <laughs> Break, breaking news: the the Juan Soto trade has been completed. <laughs> well, thanks for that, Roger. <laughs> that was hold on a second. Let me let me say this on live air. That was the worst breaking news music. I mean, I thought Trump got reelected right now in the middle of twenty twenty three. What's going on? Hey, hey, there was a move from the winter meetings. Breaking news. There we go. I, I personally myself just had a little bit of a heart attack because I was like, what the hell is going on? You're absolutely right there, uh, man. I, I thought I was having a stroke. I, I thought it was just like, please tell me something. Else. Someone else is hearing this. Um, <laughs> I thought, I thought, oh, God, I'm sorry. That was too much. Uh, well, uh, but here's uh, one of the things I uh, as much as, OK, I'm sitting here blaming beat writers and all this stuff, but but the ham and eggers and, and the humanoids, they also deserve part of the blame here, guys. I don't know if you guys saw Tom Verducci on the MLB Network talk about the dream scenario for the Dodgers. And it was <laughs> all right, Canelo, I'm going to go to you. OK, so here he is. He's saying sign Shohei Otani, get Yamamoto, get Randy Rice Arena and all that stuff. He's clearly, you know, it's not reality. He He's prefacing it by this is a dream scenario. But the problem is, is that the Hammeneggers and the humanoids then believe that and go, why isn't Friedman doing this? Like, why is it these, these, these tried? Like, how many times have I seen? And I know that it's not serious. But the problem is, is how many times have I seen? Announce Yamamoto. Announce Otani, you cowards. Canelo, why did you roll your eyes so hard? Is it because of the breaking news music? No, I mean, I'm glad it just wasn't me. I was like, what did I hit? I was like, what am I watching on the side? <laughs> That's what I, did I was, do. <laughs> actually grabbed my phone thinking, oh, what did I do? <laughs> so, but yeah, you know, I, I, had to find some, I, had to, I had to find something quick. So I went online, found something. But Efren said he's going to send me something. So <laughs> thank you, Ryan. You make sure it wasn't copyrighted, Juan. Come on, man. <laughs> but, you know, I rolled my eyes at that because I saw the clip 
you know, Tom Verducci, you know, he's just trying to drive up the views for MLB Network during his segment. I understand it, you know. It's been a slow winter meetings. It's been a slow offseason. Why not have some fun with it? Um, does I, I don't know if he takes that entire scenario seriously because how realistic does a trade for in one offseason, Corbin Burns, Willie Adamas, Randy Rosarena, and signing Shoei Otani? That's the type of stuff that I do when I turn on my PlayStation 5 and I fire up MLB The Show when I'm trying to just have some fun. And, and I feel like too many of the fan base, they kind of have that same sentiment you know it's like you can't treat it like a video game there's different intangibles to this you know you jason mentioned the business side of sports you know that's what these teams are also thinking about fans like that most fans don't really think about that they think about just of the team that's on there the current 26 man 40 man roster Um, but there's a lot more to do with it Um, and then once you start getting rid of like what would it take to get all those players you would basically be depleting the entire farm system and you're setting back the franchise if they don't win the world series in these next two years and they have no prospects we'll get ready for a couple years of being pretty mediocre like some other teams that we've seen around baseball that can't have sustained success and this is where i say where most Dodgers fans are spoiled you know like how many times have you seen any sports team in any league have this type of success Obviously, yes, they've only won one World Series, but they've made the playoffs, what, 13, 11, like 12 years in a row. They're always in contention to be in the World Series. They're always in contention to be it, it with these big-time free agents. And then on the back end of that, they run their team like a like a small market raise team where they build and draft and develop. And they're the model of success, you know. The guys that the Mets have hired, you know, they have the uh, one of the highest payrolls in the world that you can have. But they're hiring guys that think like the Dodgers, think like the race, think like the Brewers. So um, it, it, you just got to have realistic thought, like the thought process for when the Dodgers are putting this team together. And I've been preaching it. You know, I don't think they're going to make too much major moves. Obviously, there's room for improvement. But from everything I've wrote, everything I've said on here, like they're just going to be tweaking things here and there because they won 100 games last year. Really, all they really need to fix is perhaps the starting rotation, and then they'll be pretty much set. And if you look at the outlook of the division right now, it's pretty bleak. I know the Diamondbacks went to the World Series, but you have to put in the fact that they only won 84 games and barely squeaked in. Every other team in our division was pretty mediocre. The Padres, I mean, you have to imagine they're going to be worse. They just traded Juan Soto away. They're they're arguably their best player. And, And then the Giants, you know, they've been in. Besides whatever happened in 2021, they've kind of been without a face of their franchise. And yeah, Bob Melvin, how much can a manager really help? So Dodgers are in good shape for the future. But I just feel like when people put these type of trade scenarios out, it, it just gets unrealistic. Uh, I, I want to go to the comments real quick. Uh, uh, the ghost of Al Davis, Mr. Reader, Philip Lopez. Yo, I thought my Spotify opened in the background. Uh, Juan Ramos, I think, has a very good idea. Now, that's some breaking news. Let's start the shit on the Padres segment, which is what we're going to do right now, Juan. But I think that might be a better breaking news, uh, babyface, just you saying it's time to shit on the Padres. So whenever there is breaking news, just yell it's time to shit on the Padres. Um, there's another one that I really liked on here, and that's from JR. Uh, I thought my Pornhub ads popped up again. (laughs) 
I think so far, Jr., you're in the lead for the comment of the night. Uh, we need to come up with a prize for the comment of the night. But, uh, Jr., I think you're so far in the lead. Um, we are going to talk about this Juan Soto trade and how it affects the NL West now. But as I'm sitting here bashing on Buster only, I also just want to put Ken Rosenthal also wrote a piece saying why baseball must act to liven up the winter meetings. So there's just a lot of like, you know, what do they need a halftime show? Get Pitbull in there. I don't get it. What do they (laughs) Mr. Worldwide. Um, And my original Buster only, uh, this is what the tweet was. So you guys can see that I didn't, you know, I'm not pushing my own narrative, but here's the original tweet. Shohei Otani's top, top secret free agency is silly and a missed opportunity for him and the sport. So once again, I feel this is all Shohei's fault that the winter meetings did not, uh, that aren't explosive, that deals aren't getting done. And look, I, I I don't want to keep picking this fight with you, Boatman, but maybe, again, this is a reason why he is the face of baseball, because he's the one, without him making a decision, nothing is happening. Yeah, you know, is he the best player in baseball right now? Yeah, you, you could make an argument that he is, right? He's the most exciting player. He's the most valuable player right now um, because of what he can do. Um, my comment, and I know this is not this segment, this is another se- a segment for a different day, is if Shohei Otani is the face of your sport, there's a problem with your sport. I'm going to leave that alone, though. Ooh, I'm not going to make a lot of folks upset. I'll leave that one alone for today, though. Don't want to get into the politics of that. But the, the, the Canelo, you know, I'm going to get blamed for that, right? You know, they're, they're going to record it somehow. It's coming, it's coming from the, the boatman's, but I'm going to be the one getting the, the, the shit. Exactly. But no, I, I, he, he deserves all the attention right now. He is the best player. Just because you're the best player doesn't mean you're the face, though. And, and I mean that for any sport. So I think those are two very different things, being the face of anything in the face of a sport and at the same time being the best player, the most valuable player. He is, and I'll say this on record, he is the most valuable player in baseball right now. Absolutely. He deserves all the money that he's going to get thrown at right now because of what he can do on the field, both with his arm and both with the bat. It's exceptional. So I get that. That's aside from him being the marketing face. Now, so of course he's going to hold everything up. The Yamamoto's, all this stuff is just going to be on hold for that. It is what it is, though. Uh, Canelo, so now that Soto is gone, Babyface, do we know officially how many players the Yankees gave up for for Soto? I think last count it was five, right? Four pitchers? Yeah, I think it's, yeah, those same ones, the same five. The four pitchers and and the position player. I got something else. Okay, Jeff Passan here. So this is just breaking now on the live. Left, Jeff Passan is reporting left-handed starter Eduardo Rodriguez and the Arizona Diamondbacks. I said Pientes are in agreement on a four-year contract from around $20 million a year pending physical sources familiar with the agreement tell ESPN. Okay, um, let's just deal with the breaking news right now. We'll go back to Soto. Okay. How pissed are you guys on the live right now that Eduardo Rodriguez, who rene- who rejected an, a trade to the Doyers last year because he didn't want to go to the West Coast, is now coming to the West Coast to play for the Serpientes? Are you guys? Do you guys care about that? Are you guys upset? How are you going to treat him when he comes back to Dodger Stadium in a Serpientes uniform? Uh, Canelo, your instant, your immediate reaction to to the figure twenty million a year, that's uh, good for him, right? 
Yeah, you know, that's what pitching in the AL Central does for you. It inflates your stats a little bit. You know, we mentioned it during our trade deadline live a few months ago um, where the Dodgers, you know, they were getting ready to acquire him and he ended up vetoing the trade. So um, due to reasons that he didn't want to live on the West Coast due to his family, I fully understand that. But then to say when he goes to free agency, you know, location, you know, I'm open to anywhere. So um, it kind of makes him look like a hypocrite a little bit to go to Arizona, which is still on the West Coast. Um, but, you know, the D-backs, they needed another starter in that rotation. That's probably the biggest reason that they didn't end up going on, finishing that magical run to a post or a World Series title. Um, so, you know, it's a good move that they made. Um, maybe they see something where they can get um, $20 million a year. You know, that's why he had that opt-out thrown in this year. You know, he opted out, had a really solid year not too bad with the injuries and was pretty effective. Um, we'll have to see how that transitions, not only to the national league, but to the NL West where he's going to be facing the Dodgers quite often. So I'm, I'm extremely interested to see his first start at, at, at Dodger stadium. Okay. So here's my hot take, my prediction. I feel that when Eduardo Rodriguez plays the Tigers, the White Sox, the Royals and the guardians this year, he will dominate. The rest of the starts, good luck to you, Serpientes fans, and uh, enjoy the, that that twenty million. Um, at this point, <laughs> Roy Estrada, I just saw your comment. I'll go back to you on that. Um, Bowman, what is uh, what is your immediate reaction? How do you think this impacts? So you have Soto gone now, so the show pods lineup, re- regardless of what you think of the guy, has become less impactful in, in my opinion that that was a big bad and that dude he was he came on towards the end of the season so soto's gone but now the serpientes who made it to the world series last year they just added a pitcher what, what do you think this nl west division looks like are you still picking the rockies to to be the surprise winner <laughs> definitely not the Rockies, that's for sure. No, I, look, I, I think the Diamondbacks got a little bit better. Uh, it's a great move for them. While everyone is over here chasing the flashy lights, they know they're not going after uh, the big elephant in the room, right? They're, they're, they're going to go and chip away. And uh, kudos to them. Right now they're winning. Um, they, they signed a nice pitcher. It's what they need. Um, the Dodgers wish they had a guy like him. The Dodgers pitching staff, as far as I'm concerned, their rotation is is the worst I've seen in several, several years. They have a, tr- a lot of holes. Even Otani is not going to solve your problems. Uh, you, you need two strong pitchers. You need Otani and Yamamoto. Uh, you need an Otani and a Blake Snell. You need more than that. So kudos to the Diamondbacks. As of right now, they're a little bit better than they were a month ago. And, and that's where you, you have to see it. The Padres are a little worse than they were a month ago. And so I do think the Diamondbacks are going to definitely win 90 games this year. They were a, a decent team last year that just squeaked by. I completely agree with Cody. I think it was a little bit of a fluke. They got really hot for a few weeks. And we've seen in baseball, anything could happen once you get in there. The Giants did it too with 80-plus wins and won the World Series the last decade. So uh, those things will happen. But a lot of people were looking at the Diamondbacks early on this year as a young team, up-and-coming team. You have to assume they're only going to get a little bit better with more seasoning. So and now with this move, and and I don't think this is going to be the last we're going to see of them, they could end up being a 90 to 93 win team um, next year easily and squeak in there once again. Um, ah, I, I like the move. Um, I, I wish the Dodgers would sign a guy like him, but I, I'm still hopeful. I think the Dodgers have a lot of 
a lot of cards um, up their sleeves, I think. And we're going to see a very different rotation. And I think a more aggressive offseason than we've seen in the past. I think we're going to see here. Uh, Mr. Seabad, I just want to give you a uh, an update because Mr. Seabad just woke up from a nap. Uh, Juan Soto got traded to the Yankees uh, of Nueva York. Um, <laughs> easy. What will the Dodgers lineup look like if they don't get a Tani? Will they re-sign Martinez with a run? A uh, similar lineup to last year with Lux at shortstop. Uh, look, we're talking about how these moves with Soto going to the Yankees, the Serpiente signing Rodriguez. What is the uh, NL West going to look like? I'm going to say this, and you guys all call me the Prince of Darkness. I still think the Dodgers are winning the division. Yeah, yeah. I, I still feel like with these moves, the Dodgers, we, the Dodgers haven't even done anything yet. Like we don't, even if they don't sign Otani. Uh, I'm going to let Canelo take this one easy, but uh, we've talked about this in, in prior shows, and I know Harvey, uh, Bob Harvey asked the same thing about Lux. Look, I, we, Lux is here to stay. I, I think they're they're going to give him a shot this year. Um, Canelo, what, uh, what do you think? What is this lineup? What possible moves? Let me give you a two-parter here, Canelo. What does the lineup look like with Otani? If they don't get Otani, what does the lineup look like? Yeah, I think we mentioned it last time. Um, I've talked about it all fair with you guys, too, and I've written about him a bunch of my articles. It, it really depends on if they get Otani and if they don't get Otani. Otani's a left-handed bat, and the Dodgers have a plethora of left-handed bats in their lineup. Arguably, that their left-heavy, strong lineup is their run-producing, slugging. That's their elite lineup. You're getting a, a ton of production from Freddie Freeman. Um, you throw in like Jason Hayward, who at, who hits righties really well. You throw in Otani into that mix of lefties as well. Um, you're just asking for pretty much more success because you're betting on him to continue being a good hitter. Um, and then you're getting other lefties back. You know, we mentioned Lux. I believe he's here to stay. I think with the move of Mookie staying at second, at least primarily or majority of his starts will be at second, kind of closes the door on the Willie Adamas trade talk. Um, even though Jeff, uh, or not Jeff Passan, Ken Rosenthal uh, kind of put that blurb out again today, saying that there is a possibility that they explore Willie Adamas. I don't really see it. I don't think it really makes sense because at the end of the day, you know, to give all the Lux fans out there, including myself, some faith is that I was really excited last spring for him to get his opportunity. I really think he was going to pretty much take it and tried, but then the freak injury happens and he's out for the whole year. Um, I definitely think he'll grade out better defensively um, than his numbers have shown at short. Um, and he's a really solid contact hitter that could show some pop. You know, they said that he's put on some muscle um, so we just have to see what what's out there. But if they don't get Otani, that's where you kind of have to start working because at, at, the first thing you have to do is replace DH because that's where you're banking on Otani to play for not only next year, but probably for the entirety of him being as a two-way player. Um, the most logical answer is J.D. Martinez, but, you know, even we've had our doubts, like how – much can we bank on him replicating last year? You know, he's getting older at the end of the season. He had that back injury that kind of lingered throughout the entire year where it was, he can't play day games because it'll be aggravated. Well, can you really depend on that for a whole full 162? I'm not too sure. And I also think some other teams may throw some more money in years at him, you know, because some of these other teams are pretty desperate. Um, 
there's a couple DH options out there. I think the most logical one would probably be to just shift Muncie at DH and then maybe try to find a solution at third. But if they want to sign another traditional DH, you know, Jorge Soler, I mean, Justin Turner, if you guys want another reunion, he fills as a DH now. Um, Jock Peterson, another Dodgers reunion that people have been bringing up. He, he is profiled more as a DH. Um, but I really think a lot of these holes that's on the Dodgers current MLB roster, I think they're just going to be filled internally. Uh, we already mentioned DeLuca. Um, I definitely think if you don't trade Michael Bush or Miguel Vargas, you got to give them playing time. You got to give them a shot. And, you know, I agree with Juan, you know, on paper, even right now, if the Dodgers don't make a single move and they just run back with what they did last year, I still think they're going to win like 95 games and win the division. No problem. It's just when you get to October, it's a different story um, and anything can happen. But there, there's definitely a lot of obstacles if Otani doesn't sign. I think the easier scenario for the Dodgers is bringing in Otani and then figure out their rotation. And then you're pretty much set. Uh, Roy Estrada came in here with a good one. Uh, in in relation to what you just said, uh, uh, Canelo, the if for some reason Otani they they don't get Otani and they decide to you know JD Martinez gets a payday somewhere else and they decide Max Muncy's going to be their DH. Roy Estrada saying, "How about Candelario for third base, a switch header, better defensively than Muncy? What would it take to get Candelario?" Is he even a serious option for the Dodgers? I mean, he should be if they do swing and miss on Otani and they move Max to DH. I mean, if you look at the Dodgers' entire roster, they don't really have many third-base prospects waiting in the wings ready to take over. Um, Muncy, he's a defensive liability. Michael Bush, he profiles extremely poorly at pretty much every defensive position except first. Well, first base is taken right now, so... Other than that, there's really nobody on the roster, so they kind of have to get creative in that in that way. Um, that's where, you know, Amy Cuevas' favorite player, Kiki Hernandez, he filled <laughs> in pretty well over there. Um, but Candelario, you know, he's a very interesting player. He went from being a nobody um, when he, I believe he was on the Nationals, and now he gets traded to the Cubs, has a really good year last year. Um, he's definitely a good hitter, um, and he probably is more athletic at third. So um, I definitely think if... They're going to move Muncie away from third. They should definitely get a solid defensive third baseman over there. And, and Candelario, he you know he fits both both things that you want to solve. He hits Mar- well, and he's good at defense. Morosi is reporting though that that he is engaged in talks with the Reds. So it looks like uh, he might be going to the Reds pretty soon. Uh, Candelario, is yes. that is that what you're talking about, Babyface? Yeah. Babyface, come in here because before we wrap up the show. Uh, we have to do our segment, Time to Shit on the Padres. Um, with Soto gone, what what do you think's happening with your beloved show pods? I mean, I think I think we were seeing what, what we kind of heard at the end of the last year, right? Is they, they were going to shed some money, right? They they ended up the season, it seems short, right? They had to take out a loan. So I think uh I mean, they didn't. They didn't get the full Juan Soto. I think in in the year and a half that they had him, I don't. I don't think Juan Soto was the same once he got to the Padres as he was like when he was the Nationals. So, I mean, they definitely got to replace that in the lineup. But yeah, like you guys said, I think the Padres right now are a weaker team, right, as they were when they finished the season, right? Not having Juan Soto, even if Juan Soto wasn't like the Juan Soto we saw in Washington, he still gave him something, right? 
and I think he did he did come on a little stronger towards the end, towards the middle of the year. You know, he kind of finished off a little better. But I think right now at the moment, they are a little weaker offensively with no longer having Soto in that lineup. Boatman, how realistic or how serious should we take this money issue uh, with the show pods? Uh, the fact that their their television contract it, it went belly up with Bally going uh, bankrupt, and they were depending on some of that money uh, to be able to support the these payroll uh, choices that they made. Um, their owner recently passed away. Uh, look, I thought it was a good thing if the show pods were competitive. You know, it's a good thing for baseball if. All of a sudden, the show pods go and they sign all these players and they make a run and then they it turn it into a fire sale. They become the Miami Marlins. I don't. I. I don't think that's good for baseball. What do you think, Bo Man? No, it isn't. And um, you know, you you have to really blame AJ Preller for that. Uh, I mean, a lot has already been written about the guy. The guy's a jerk from what all accounts. Um, you know, he's a micromanager. And then he went and he went and signed some nobody coach man or whatever that thing is. That I've never heard of because they don't have any money. And I mean, it's what they did to their former coach was a travesty. And so and everything's been written about that. I don't have to rehash that. So all that to say they have a management issue, but more than anything else, a huge management issue. Um, I don't know if it was an ownership issue or not, but a management issue they, they certainly have. And that's been written about already. So I think that's the biggest thing they need to fix. Doesn't sound like that's going to get fixed anytime soon. Um, they're probably in trouble for a little bit. Um, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to get creative with their lineup. I mean, they still have a good team if they play to their potential. But if they don't sign guys like Blake Snell back and all these things, then all of, right now the Padres are worse than they were last year, right? If you were to look at these teams, who's getting better? Who's getting worse? Right now, as we speak, the Padres are a little worse. Right now, I think the Dodgers are a tiny bit worse because they, they they haven't signed, re-signed. They lost uh, JD Martinez. There's still some holes in the pitching. The outfield is atrocious. I mean, you're looking at an outfield of of what do you got? Altman is is really your best guy out there. You got a halftime player, an aging guy in 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 Jason Hayward. He's not a starter. He's a, he's a bench guy. And then you got my favorite, Chris Taylor. Ooh, you know what I mean? All the ladies go excited for it, but he sucks. So the bottom line is they don't have an outfield. They don't have an outfield. Now that you move Mookie Best to second, congratulations. You have a crappy outfield. So they need to. I mean, all of a sudden, and I'm gonna. I can't believe I'm saying this. Cue the music, Roger. But shit, we might have to go after Cody Bellinger all over again. I mean, this is this. That's how bad the outfield looks right now. Um, I'm gonna throw one last one out there. I would love to see Bo Bichette in the Dodger uniform at shortstop. That's the trade I would make, and I would give up Gavin Lux for that. Oh, okay, Canelo, I need I need your reaction to that. Bo Bichette. I, that rumor put was put out early. I didn't buy it. But what are the chances that the Blue Jays are going to move Bo Bichette? Uh, slim. Uh, I don't know even why that got blown out. And then especially when they got into the Otani chase, I mean, it really didn't make sense. You're really going to tell me your sales pitch to Otani is to run your team like the Angels? Um, <laughs> it, 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 I don't think that would really – That's true. That If I was Otani, I wouldn't want to go there. If that if your idea is we're going to sign you, but we're going to trade probably our one of our best – players that we've had in recent memory um speaking i fully agree with jason there's like three players where i would probably give up anybody for not named bobby miller uh boba shett's one randy rosarain is the other and luis robert is the third and those are the only time where i'm probably going to give up any prospect you want um not named bobby miller even gavin lux you can throw him in there as well um because those are three big time 
players that would change not only because of the years they're under control, but pretty much just everything about those players just speaks superstar. I, I once again, uh, the boatman, I'm going to read some comments here. Uh, the, the ghost of Al Davis, Mr. Raider, Philip Lopez boatman with just a bunch of fire emojis. Juan Ramos, dude, Jason, you're spitting fire. Love it. Yeah, but I'm the asshole. Remember, I'm the <laughs> asshole on the show. The fucking boatman comes in here and lights everyone up, but yet I'm the one that gets all this shit for being negative. Uh, okay, we're going to wrap things up. I, I Last thing. So everything gets... The winter meetings are over. Okay, so so far the biggest things are Juan Soto got traded and the Serpientes got Ed, um, Eduardo Rodriguez. What do you guys... Last predictions... I know Morosi's saying that Otani's going to make a decision by the end of the weekend. It seems like nothing else is going to happen until Otani makes his announcement. So how much longer, like you had mentioned earlier, Canelo, Bryce Harper didn't sign until February. You know, Otani doesn't seem to be in a, in a rush. All I kept hearing was that Otani was going to make a decision. He already has made up his mind. If that's true, then what is taking so long? Canelo, how much longer are we going to have to deal with either the happiness that Otani's a Dodger or how pissed we're going to be that Dave Roberts fucked this up, Andrew Friedman, you know, we want their heads on a pitchfork. I mean, how much longer is this going to go on? I mean, the obvious answer is that it, it happens before the MLB regular season starts. And I'm just kidding. But <laughs> I feel like he, you should have kept it serious just to see what the comments were going to be like. I feel like he can't let it go past probably next week. I feel mm -hmm. like if I'll give him until like Christmas around that time, if he's still delaying it, then I'm going to kind of be like, all right, we're taking a little too long, buddy. Uh, what are you trying to accomplish here? Who's not meeting your deal? I'll I'll pitch in a couple dollars to get you to wherever you go, even if it's not with the Dodgers. Um, I do think it's probably – I want to believe the, the initial post where it's saying maybe by this upcoming Sunday, but I'm not going to trust any of these reporters out there because they're pretty much <laughs> spitballing anything. I could just say he's going to sign by Sunday. Call me an insider. But – I would like for him to sign at least in the next two weeks. I do think he has his teams narrowed down extremely now because we've seen it was like a pool of around maybe six or seven teams. Now we're seeing pretty much down to the final three, which the two most prominent ones are the Dodgers, of course, and the Blue Jays, surprisingly. So um, I definitely think. Um, Wait, so who are your three? The Dodgers, the Blue Jays, and who's your third team? I've been saying the Angels, but it seems as more and more teams get in, I just feel like for Otani, they probably become an afterthought. I wouldn't be shocked if he goes back there. Um, but if you're going to go with everything that rumored Otani wants and they can get creative, it would not shock me if the Braves did try, even though they have been reported as not being super aggressive with it. Um, but I don't know. I feel like if you're Otani and you really want to win and you want to have sustained success – there's really only three franchises in baseball that are run as well as the Dodgers, well, that, including the Dodgers, and that's probably the Braves and the Astros. So uh, if you really want to win, you would probably look at those two teams. But the Braves wouldn't shock me if it, they also work in silence. You know, Alex Anthopoulos, that, that's Andrew Freeman's mini-me right there. So 
Um, I hope he signs soon. I still think it's going to be with the Dodgers, not even just being biased, but I just think all signs are pointing to it. I'm just going to bring it up with what I said last week. I really think he's just trying to get more guaranteed money because there's already a flat figure. He's already getting around $450 million right off the bat. That's all guaranteed. It's that extra hundred or 150 million. That's going to be in incentives and that's going to be based off these pitching. And I think if you're Otani, obviously he wants to be a two-way player, but even his agent's going to want to get him the best, like not just long-term deal, but just the most guaranteed to set him up for the rest of his career. So um, whoever offers the more guaranteed money, I assume is just going to walk away with it. Uh, I'm not too sure if that's the Dodgers, but I, I think all signs point to LA. Uh, just an option thinks it's going to be Sunday. Um, uh, Boatman, I, I, I'm gonna. I want same question to you, but I just want to say this because uh, Canelo mentioned the Astros. I'm all for madness. I love seeing because when the Macho Man Randy Savage, yeah, in the <laughs> Kingdom of the Madness. But if that was good, Otani signs with the Astros. I would love to see <laughs> Dodger fans' reaction. Uh, I'll leave that Boatman. How much longer is this going to go? Do you I- have a prediction? I'm hoping a, a a dark horse like the Tomateros de Culiacan like just step up <laughs> and sign. Can you imagine Shohei down south? That would be bitching. Anyways, but and I don't even use that word. But you know, no, I I think he's I think his mind's pretty much already made up. I think the teams know who it is. I think I agree with Cody. I think they're ironing out some details right now at this point as to you know guaranteed money and things like that. I think at, right now I think the Dodgers brass know whether they got him or not. I really think whoever the team that has them, I, I think they know. I think it's Wednesday night. Do you think that's why Dave Roberts did what he did? I, I think so. I was thinking about that a moment ago, actually, as Cody was talking. I thought, you know, maybe th- there was some strategy behind what he said. So I think that the that, that one or two teams, it might even be just two teams at this point. And if it's not the Dodgers, I'm hoping it's Toronto because that's another abyss. And so, <laughs> you know, I don't have to worry about him competing against us or anything. You can go to Toronto. That's what you want. But uh, I, and I don't think it is. I'd be very shocking if it was. I've always said since the beginning, if it's not the Dodgers, it's going to be the Giants as much as it's going to hurt me. But I, if I was a betting man, I don't know why, but I really believe the San Francisco Giants might end up with Otani if it's not L.A. I just see it. I think he looks at that 300 foot wall and he says, I can hit about a thousand home runs over that thing. And that's enticing into that into that. I might even buy up the boatman might end up in that in a cubby cove out there. You know, what, what kind of a good stick would that be? But no, I, I just I think that could be the dark horse um, at this point. Uh, Babyface, uh, wrap it up. Uh, when are we going to hear the Otani news, whether he's a Dodger or whether he goes in place for the Tomateros? I think it's it's uh, probably in the next couple of days, hopefully yeah. by the weekend. I'm still thinking. I'm still thinking Dodgers also. Um, I think it's between the Dodgers, Blue Jays. I think the Giants probably fell off and, and the Angels. But now with like Soto going to the Yankees, that AL, AL East isn't, isn't a guarantee who's going to win that AL East. So if he yeah. wants to win, if he really wants to win, I think the Dodgers are his best option. If you look back at since he's come into the league out of those teams, who is the team that's consistently won? It's the Dodgers and his prime to continue to win. Now, if you go to the Blue Jays, you're not guaranteed – anything right you go to the giants not guaranteed anything there either and we know what will happen if he goes to the angels so i think still think the dodgers are the best bet well look dave roberts may have been playing chess while the rest of you were playing checkers there (laughs) might have been he might have just put more pressure on otani because now everyone's saying you know dave roberts ruined it 
and I've been hearing a lot. You know, people are saying, well, if Otani's basing his decision on the fact that Dave Roberts did this, what does it say about Otani? Right. But maybe Otani just doesn't care. He doesn't listen to this kind of stuff. But look, I'm letting you guys know when this news breaks, there's going to be a live show. I just hope it's not on the weekend like all of you guys are talking about, because (laughs) I have a life, you ham and eggers and you humanoids. I have things to do. I don't want to be doing a live show on the weekend. Uh, So I'm hoping I'm predicting he is going to because if he does a Friday news dump signing, if at six o'clock all of a sudden it comes out that Otani has signed, I'm just going to be like, oh, this guy. But I I think it is going to be next week, Uh, hopefully. Uh, And like I said, I I hope it's the Dodgers because I want to see this dude play every day. I, I hope then, it's when, when we're doing a live, though, so I can. <laughs> well, I know, Efren. No, can you just cut? This feels like CNN, like John Roberts. Like we're gonna just we just need a map and start taking teams off the board. You know, <laughs> coming to you live. Look, yeah. I, I, the, the breaking news should have been an accordion. I, I don't know. You, you totally missed the boat there. I mean, we should have gone. Wah, 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 and there we go, ladies and gentlemen. We have breaking news. So, look, guys, uh, before we end the show, I just want to say this. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, babyface, we're 15 away from finally hitting 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. Wow. And we can give away this damn mariachi Joe bobblehead that we want to give away. So if you guys are new, if you are discovering us for the first time here on the live, subscribe to the YouTube. Okay, I'm not even subscribed. The, okay, there we go. We're going to get it. <laughs> I just thought of that right now. I haven't even subscribed. All right, I'll give you one more. What the heck? But I want the bobblehead. I don't care if I work here. Efren, I hope that means you're getting me accordion music, what your comment just said. Because, like I said, I want accordion. Maybe I'll reach out to Easy Band. If any of you guys know who the Easy Band is, they cover songs, but they do it in banda style. Look them up on YouTube. They're great. Uh, They're from Houston, though. But I'll let them pass because I do like their music. But, again, make sure you guys are subscribed to the YouTube channel. Make sure you guys are subscribed to, to our socials because, as you can see, we decide at the last minute when we're going to go live. So when this Otani thing happens, Juan Ramos, thank you very much. He knows what I'm talking about um, uh, with the easy band. Uh, so we're going to have a big show. And like I said, tequila, you guys have your tequila prepared. I know Roy does. Check out. I'm looking for a tequila sponsor. So if anybody knows uh, Tequila Ocho, the people from Tequila Ocho, or if they know <laughs> Tequila Mandala people. I know they support ESPN 710, but we're looking for an ESPN, I mean, a tequila sponsor. But I want to thank the boatman. Uh, <laughs> as as the ghost of Al Davis, Mr. Raider says, the boatman is on tonight. It's always fun when the boatman comes because he wears his Noah Syndergaard Dodgers jersey underneath his starter's jacket. And... I'm going to get me a Syndergaard shirt. I swear to God I am. I'm going to wear that shit to Dodger Stadium, too. And I just and I just want to say this too. This is an accomplishment for the boatman because this is the first time that we've done a show where he has not shat on Austin Barnes. So that is a big accomplishment for the boatman. So congratulations, my friend. You uh, you, you're making great strides. You're welcome. You're welcome. 
<laughs> and of course, we want to thank the Canelo who gives us all the. You really are an insider, Canelo. I don't care that you don't. You you call yourself that in jest. I just want to tell you guys this. All right, the Canelo. Canelo is an insider. Other shows want him. They try to poach him from us, but Canelo is loyal to us. Canelo, for some reason, I don't know, but I think I'm very thankful that you decide to hang out with us because you drop the knowledge and the people love you. And Babyface, we you will always have a warm spot in our hearts because of that breaking no, news music. Uh, <laughs> some of us had, you know, uh, strokes, but the winner of the night is Jr. Uh, Jr. with the line where he thought the Pornhub uh, uh, ads had come in. <laughs> he is the winner of the comment of the night. So you guys need to bring it next time on the live. This may be a new category that we are starting. Comment of the night. So Jr. congratulations to you. Yo ha sido su servidor, Juan Ramirez, de parte de mis colegas, the boatman, Jason Barquero, Cody Snavely, Canelo, and Babyface. Nos vemos para la próxima. This episode of the Bleed Loves podcast has been brought to you by betonline.ag, where the game starts. Nos vemos. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.